Hey, this show is brought to you by Figures Toy Company. Use the code in the show notes to get 10% off all your collectibles needs. Are you ready for some whoop-ass action? Well, I'm here to welcome you to the very first episode of the Whoop-Ass Podcast. My name is Christian Conrad, and with me is co-host Zachary Blade. This episode was a really great one. We had uh, our very first guest ever, uh, Clayton Clark. He is the law. In this podcast, he talks about the sheriff. He he talks about a number of things. He he gets into how he became the law all the way back to uh, his really younger days when he was a cowpoke. He talks about his uh, brotherhood and bond with... uh, tag team partner Johnny Pope and how that is like something that he he really wants to maintain. He talks about the future of wrestling and and films and stuff he's doing with Mad Bash Studios and stuff he's wanting to do uh, later on with maybe us or any other number of people out there. Um, He was a really uh, really really great first guest And I just, I think this is a really awesome episode and you should really listen in. We got content for you. This will be our first content, but we also got a GoFundMe. uh, So we'll be having links up to that. By the time you're listening to that, there's going to be links for that. Uh, We also have our personal content. We have our our goals outside of this. Um, I'm also doing a figure fed with wrestling figures called breakpoint wrestling federation uh you can find me on facebook instagram um youtube what is your personal content that you would like to push first and foremost i'm a writer of books i have four books out under uh, the pseudonym ce lecti but i'm uh, in the future i'm going to be writing uh, more fantasy based uh some humor based books um under the name Christian Conrad that I'm presenting here. Uh, You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Amazon at Christian Conrad. Uh, My other books are under C.E. Lecti. I'm also a filmmaker. Uh, Zach and I and a few other friends of mine, uh, we put together about five years back a a film called Space Bangers. Um, You should check that out, too. It's on YouTube for free. Free. And speaking (laughs) of free, you can get ad-free stuff. You don't have to listen to this long intro. And um, you can do that over on our Patreon. Hopefully we have it set up by now. Hey, this is going to be a great pilot episode. Uh, We're planning on more great episodes, so stay tuned and listen to this great whoop-ass podcast. All right, so I would like to introduce Clayton Clark to the very first episode of the Whoop Ass Podcast. So, uh, Heck yeah. maybe you could tell us a little bit, ba- little bit about yourself and where people can find you online. Okay, well, uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, my Instagram handle is Sheriff underscore Clark O two. I'm pretty sure the Twitter handle is something similar to that, but Facebook, Sheriff Clayton Clark. Uh, you can find uh, all my links uh, to my uh, pages and YouTube.
YouTube's all on my Facebook and Instagram. I have a little link that'll take you to everything on there. Really quick and easy access. Uh, I wrestle for Elite Pro. I wrestle for Hybrid Championship Wrestling, IWAU, Envision, Destination uh, Six, Ignite Pro Wrestling, uh, various other companies. So if you see a flyer with me on it, chances are you can find me there. Yeah, so yeah. You're, you're pretty much everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right now, I think I wrestle for uh, like ten or twelve companies consistently now. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. You, wow. You have any merchandise out that people can jump on, or? Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I usually every show I have a merch stand. I don't have any sort of online store yet, but uh, my merchandise uh, stands are usually up every uh, show, and you can come get T-shirts there. I got T-shirts, koozies, uh, sheriff badges. You can get deputized as an officer of the law, courtesy of Sheriff Clayton Clark yourself at a show, and uh, stickers, all those little kind of stuff. So are you planning to work with uh, – you're trying to expand – uh, try to get that 10 up to maybe like 15 companies. What are you looking to do this year? Uh, yeah, actually I've, I've wrestled for over like 30 companies in general, but I'm looking to always, you know, add more. My goal last year was to have a hundred matches in the year. This year I ended up having 94. So I was six away from that goal. So I'd really like to reach that goal in a year. Uh, that's probably say is my biggest goal and to win more singles gold. Cause, uh, 2023, I won a lot of tag team gold. I believe uh, you were there for a little bit of it. Yeah. Uh, so I'd really like to add more to my singles record this year, especially being a heavyweight champion. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Right so, on. As a, so what are I know for this picture? I found a picture for this. You got titles for everything. What are all the current titles you've held right now? And what are some of your uh, previous titles you've held? Okay. Well, um, the first title I ever held was the IWAU Club Championship. It was kind of the, the mid-card title for the company I started training with at IWAU in Noble, Illinois. And I started out with that title. I eventually won the heavyweight title there. And then I've held the club title there twice and the heavyweight title twice. I'm a one-time tag team champion uh, with Johnny Pope at EPW, Envision, and D6. So that's all the ti titles I've held. And then I was Elite Pro Wrestling uh, Wrestler of the Year this year for 2023. Awesome, awesome, awesome work there. Um, let's kind of get it back into the, like a bio of yourself. Kind of tell us when you started. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd love to know how you became the law. Like, what led okay. to that? Like, were you just, you just woke up one day and was like, I'm going to put people on the gallows. Like, <laughs> Well, it, it's it's kind of one of those things, I guess. Uh, the the older you get and the more you know about yourself, the more you become of who you really are. And I started out in the backyard like anybody else. You guys know this. You were there for a little bit of it, actually. Uh, so it was. it's always been an evolution, you know. So I started out as the outlaw. So I guess I finally figured out that the path of right and wrong, I kind of didn't know which side of it I was really walking the business. I realized, man, there's a lot. Of of injustice in this wrestling business there's a lot of injustice in the world so i was like i have to be the guy i have to be the one in the middle of covid just being isolated that i really figured that out and found out who the shotgun city sheriff is and with that um we know covid was a tough time mm -hmm. so what kind of how'd you get through that as a wrestler in the independent scene i know it for the big guys it was tough you couldn't really do shows you couldn't have people around how How'd you get through that time? I really treated that as a back to basics time. That's uh, a time where I did a lot of my training because in 2019, I came onto the Indies with not 
the the most uh, diverse training, not the most uh, accomplished training. Like I, needless to say, I had my wrestling GED. <laughs> so uh, COVID was a year where I could finally uh, go back to basics, finish a lot of my training, and uh, just grow upon myself. And that's where I, you know, reinvented myself really. So I took that that as a win and a loss. Yeah, I couldn't be at shows but I could go to training. I could reevaluate things. I could do better. I could learn more. So it was honestly a blessing in disguise. It came at the per perfect time because I didn't want to develop any bad habits that early on in my career. Morality is like a, a big thing for you, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the swing of right and wrong. So like you have a philosophical depth to what you're doing here. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like the notoriety system in Red Dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So did you grow up religiously, or are you just like... Oh, yes. So I remain religious to this day, and yeah, yeah. A lot of the aspects of, you know, just like like they say we're all the old story. So uh, that's what I try to do in a lot of aspects, not with just the Bible, but other things, other pieces of culture, reading material. There's a lot of things I take... Like uh, me and my tag team partner, Johnny, we're literally uh, Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. He's the drunk. I'm the sheriff. <laughs> so it's just dynamics like that. I try to pull from a lot of things. He's your huckleberry. Yeah. <laughs> Say when, brother. Say when. Awesome. Awesome. So um, so you mentioned in I, I listened to your first one of your podcasts from the Mad Bash. During that, you talked to uh, about Johnny Bug a little bit that um. He was kind of stole your gimmick, kind of. Is that is that really true? Who who was really the true first cowboy in this tag team? Uh, so I started, uh, I think, like a month or two before Poke, honestly. It was like a few months. Uh, I started there, but honestly, uh, he didn't know me whenever he created that gimmick, so it's not like he's seen me and did that. He, he did that on his own. Uh, but, it, yeah, it was one of those things. I seen him walk in. I was like, who's this guy in the party? City Dust Town ain't big, big enough for the two of us, Cowboy. And then uh, we kind of just started hitting it off. Like, we really hit it off. And then uh, we weren't in the right place to make it happen at that time. Uh, but then I think within a year, a year and a half later, we everything fell, like, in the right place. It was the perfect place, perfect time. And then the ball's just been rolling since then. And we haven't gotten off this dusty trail. We're nowhere near being done yet. Everything aligned. Mm -hmm. When I first saw him, I, I thought he'd be perfect with Clark just from his... The way he was when I saw him with the yeah. with TRW, I think was that TRW was TSW. that the first yeah. company? Was it TSW? Yeah. Sorry, I'm mixing stuff up, but what is that the first company you actually worked with? Yes, yes, yep. That was the company I started, and I got out of there and found a place to get formal training, and then I used that year of COVID, you know, to learn how to become a wrestler, learn to do it right. And then I used that to launch myself to other platforms that were a lot better and had more opportunities and just a lot safer uh, for guys in the business because uh, getting in this uh, wrestling business without a proper form of training, it's, I do not recommend it at all. I tried it for six months. I hated it. Mistakes were made. Bad habits were developed. It was not a way to go. And I was really glad to have that year of COVID where I could take it back a few notches, learn who I was, and then get things started the right way. I, I kind of want to go all the way back, like, when you were a young cowpoke. Are you going to go like, back? What, mm -hmm. what about wrestling? Because I know people that wrestle. 
I mean, they're like, they're in it for everything, you know, they're like passionate. And I want to know what, what ignited you to go on this path as everyone, as many other people have. Mm. Well, I, I think I started wrestling, uh, watching wrestling whenever I was around uh, seven or eight years old. I think it was in the 2009, 2008 timeframe. Uh, so I just remember seeing it on TV and it was one of those things where you can kind of get lost in, you know what I mean? It's like when you listen to music, how you can kind of let the music put you in a trance and it's like you're in a comfort zone. You're off on your own little island. You can escape all the troubles of the world, leave away. No matter what's going on in your life, you're sitting there watching it. You're invested in it. You are a part of that story. And wrestling was like that for me. You know, I, I didn't have a, like a lot of neighborhood kids to play up, play with. Uh, I was uh, raised in a household where I didn't have like a lot of other younger people around me. So uh, wrestling was kind of one of those things where I could dive into something and be a part of this little world. And I just became a really big fan of like these action heroes actually out there in their own little universe fighting. You know what I mean? It's like guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone battling. You think about that in your head all the time. Like who would win Rambo or the Terminator? Well, wrestling's the one place where you can actually see if that could happen. You know, depending on who you visualize in your mind as Terminator or Rocky, it's that last plane field or like the uh, last frontier for creative ideas. Really? It really is. It's it's a it's a canvas you can really paint anything on, and that's why I love it. And I think that's why it intrigued me the mo the way it did. Yeah, and even then it was like, uh, you you've mentioned uh, Terminator and Rocky. You know, even then there was like a mm -hmm. uh, a linkage of justice. You know, as if yes, that was like your action heroes. That's what you're trying to become in a way. Yes. Judge Dredd. I'm, I'm trying to be the Judge Dredd of professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll kind of continue off of that. We know you were part of the backyard scene. So what kind of made you want to do that as we kind of get this uh, in chronological order of your career? Yeah, honestly, it was just uh, the first thing that really ignited me into the, uh, I think it was a storyline with the John Cena and Randy Orton at the time, which we know in the 09, 08 era, that was hot. You know what I mean? That was really when John Cena and Randy Orton were going at it. So that was the thing that really made me think, man, it'd be really cool to do this. And then a few years later, you get older, you, you have a trampoline, you see buddies in junior high and high school, and you're like, you're fooling around in the locker room at PE, seeing what you did on TV, and all, all of a sudden you're like, hey, what, can we do more than that? I wonder if we can do more than that, you know, just for us. Like, we're not in the WWE yet, but we like doing this so much. Like, let's make our own little WWE in our backyard. So we started the whole backyard wrestling. And that became a place where I could kind of creatively throw stuff at the wall at an early age, like not saying backyard wrestling made me backyard wrestling trained me to be what I am today. No, it didn't do any of that. It did not do any of that at all. But what it does do is give you, it's like if you want to be a football player, I don't think you could be a really good football player if you weren't playing a game of catch out in the backyard, if that makes any sense. Same concept with wrestling. That was really uh, where my creative mind for wrestling was in its infancy. And if I didn't have those years, then I probably wouldn't be who I was today. With that, yeah. The inspiration of that really helped you uh, for the future of your career. Um, but let's kind of get into the backyard aspect. I know you had a whole different character back then. You're a whole different type of person back then. How were you in backyard wrestling to how it went to today? How did that all change from being a backyarder to an actual professional wrestler? 
Well, a lot of it, I think, was uh, just kind of uh, uh, life taking its course. You know, like we seen the guy that ran the promotion that I started with. He was a maintenance man at where my mom would do a local therapy at. And we seen a truck, you know, said the name of the wrestling company, wrestling. She told him about it. I got to be able to start there just through that conversation. Uh, but when it came to the character, I was like, hmm, this I didn't really feel like who, I I was being who I was actually was in the backyard. I was being who I wanted to be. And I knew in wrestling, I didn't want to be somebody I just wanted to be. I wanted to be who I actually am. So I tried to go back more towards my roots with uh, the cowboy gimmick and the Western style, just having a lot of that in my roots and just being a fan of it in general. So I tried to find something I could relate to, something I could really sink my teeth into and not just bullshit about because, you know, not saying I didn't know what I was doing in the backyard, but we know how it is. You How many entrance songs do you go through? How many different gimmicks do you do? It, it is what it is. You're having fun. You know what I mean? If I didn't do all that, and if I didn't do the outlaw kind of character, I might not know who the law is. So the big change through all that was honestly just realizing I need to be what I actually am in independent wrestling. That's how I get noticed. That's how I really invest in something. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I think that's a great answer there. Um, what I always wondered was where did the the Clayton name come from? Is that a old family name? I always did not know. Is that secretly your middle name? And I just didn't know at all. Where'd that name come from? It's, it's funny. Come? You're actually the first person to ask this. And there actually is a, a way I came up with it. So my shoot name is Trenton, Trenton Clark. So I combined Trenton and Clark together. I don't know if it was just some something you saw in a movie sometime or something. I always wondered <laughs> where the hell did he get that name? I think I was originally going to be Colt Caliber. Uh, I think it was going to be Colt Caliber. So I was like, oh, so I tried keeping the CC thing still. So I did Clayton Clark, and I I, I really still wanted to keep Clark because that's always been a part of me. You know what I mean? Clark was my name right. in the backyard, so I I, I still I, I really wanted that. So that's why I went with Clayton Clark. Yeah, it's more awesome, genuine awesome, and homegrown. It's kind of weird that I'm the first one. Exactly. Yeah, and you can go shoot clay pigeons and say they're Claytons or... <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> Are you tired of getting your ass whooped by all your bad decisions catching up to you? Well, buying a home doesn't have to be one, especially with the professional home inspection by Mike at Aries Engineering, LLC. He's licensed, insured, certified, and serving Southwest Indiana with nothing but the best service. Listen, buying a home can be a stressful process. Let Aries Engineering provide you peace of mind before your purchase because no one wants to be stuck with a big, costly, hidden surprise after taking possession of their new home. Whether it's a mobile home or a venue space, he's got you covered. He even checks for termites, radon, well water, and mold at an additional cost. All you've got to do is call Mike at 812-295-8417. Tell him the boys from Whoop Ass sent you, and he'll give you 25 bucks off a $300 to $400 inspection, depending on size. A hell of a deal! For the safety and peace of mind it provides. That's 812-295-8417. Now, you might be saying, 300 bucks, f*** that. 
I just skipped the inspection and grow mutant toddlers in my mold-infested <laughs> heap. Well, Mike will be the first to tell you the horror stories associated with trusting your realtor and skipping the inspection. He's found bat and coon crap three feet high inside the walls. Megalithic mice in the breaker box left by frat house cavemen. He found the neighborhood goat dead in a crawl space, and he smelled it from the driveway. And he's found plenty of mold so thick it could sedate a suburban pachyderm named Janice. Unless you're okay with your walls falling down while your wife's butt naked or have no problem watching your tween ride the lightning when she plugs in her iPhone, you probably need to be asking the questions, the big questions, and get yourself a home inspection. 25 bucks off, man! A professional home inspection will find the demons living in your attic and eradicate them! it'll save you hundreds, sometimes thousands in repair costs. Do yourself a favor and call Mike at 812-295-8417 and save yourself one hell of a bad day. Back to the show. I should, I, see, since I call myself Clydesdale, one of my friends said I should have been Clyde Dale, and I was like, um, that might work. <laughs> But then you'd have to wear like overalls, and that's not. Like... Oh yeah, that'd be my brother Cletus Clark. <laughs> Tag teaming with the, the Amish guy. I don't even know his name anymore. Yoder. 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 Cletus. Yes. Is he actually Amish? Do you know anything about this guy? I know. I know. Uh, he has a manager that <laughs> whenever he gets knocked down in the ring, he has prayer with the crowd. So I think it's I think it's real. I think I think it's his religion. I know he gets it done in the ring. He was a former heavyweight champion at Elite. Uh, he recently just returned, so we'll see what he's going to be cooking up. Just as long as the PlayStation is in the barn, not in the house. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I was, I was always wondered about the guy. I, just, I thought it was just a gimmick. Maybe it is real. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll go to the, some of these initial questions we have here. Um, so what was one of your favorite matches? You've been in this for um, probably four to five years. Um, you said you just had 94 matches last year. What is your, your favorite match you've done? Okay. So I'll break it. I'll do a tag team and a singles. That way we're fair here. I think my favorite tag team match this year was whenever me and Johnny Poke, Whiskey and Warrants, defeated Mount Olympus for the Elite Pro Wrestling Tag Titles at Odin, Indiana for Elite Pro Wrestling. That was my favorite tag match. But if I had to say my favorite singles match, I recently just defended my IWU Heavyweight Championship against Chris Cutler uh, at IWU last week. And that was my second to last match of the year. And, it, and we're in the nitty gritty, but it did it. It, it did it. It got my uh, match of the year for singles matches. Uh, getting to work with Chris Cutler, uh, you may know his cousin. Chris Cutler's cousin is Zach Fury from uh, IBW. He was in our Backyard Wrestling Federation. His cousin is an absolute prodigy in the ring. Kid's only 17, and he's taken to this like a duck to water. So getting to work with him at IWAU, knowing that, hey, my last Backyard match was against his cousin, that was really special this year. And to defend my title against him and come out on the better side and the victor, 
uh, it meant a lot. It really did. So I, I'd have to go with those two for my favorite matches. Wow, wow, that's a lot of a lot of history in that match alone. So that's very cool, very unique. Small world, so, man. Small world. Right. Where was he when we were doing backyard wrestling, huh? <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking, man. How many times did you have to pull double duty because we couldn't get anybody to show up? Right. We needed him then. I think he would have been that's like small. twelve or eleven then, actually. So I don't know if that would have been legal. <laughs> so what about him makes it? Uh, your favorite like is your performance the accolades the emotion like what about it like really brings it together for you man it's really all that wrapped in a bow honestly because uh a lot of things can make a bad match good or a lot of things can make a good match bad that being the ref that being the audience that being the wrestlers like it's one thing if we have a mess up but that crowd's so into that because of the story that it's not even noticeable but on this night it happened to be that everything was just there you know what i mean everything was just there yeah we can nitpick behind the state behind the scenes you know oh you could have done this better that bump could have been crisper but uh at the end of the day it's one of those things the crowd was into it the story was into it we had the history we had the emotional connection and uh it was just a night where we were both on it so it was really all those reasons and the history between us and you know seeing how far he's been able to come and be able to watch that, like before my very eyes, him grow up in the business, that that also helped a lot. So I'd say those reasons and the personal reasons more than the professional in this instance. Right on. That's a great answer. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> great question. Great question. Yeah. Ying and yang in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. So let's kind of we kind of mentioned him, his cousin. We could kind of talk about him. He was a part of our backyard scene. Um, you brought him in. During the backyard scene, you were kind of a big-time booker back then. You were bringing guys in from a few miles away, a few towns away, but then you were bringing guys in from states away. Um, how did you How did you all do that? How did you become that backyard booker type deal is that something you're wanting to do maybe in the future as well too or absolutely i i'd love to be able to book an actual show you know what i mean uh in the independent professional setting but uh honestly how it became to be in the backyard was i got on their youtube channel and i started talking crap when i was a kid <laughs> and it was one of those things they seen me firing shots and they kind of thought oh you know they were in on a bit everybody wanted to recreate wwe versus wcw if you're a wrestling fan you knew in your mind it'd be cool to do a brand war that kind of thing i mean you've played the games we're all versus smackdown everybody wanted to do it so we kind of realized that would be cool out of it and just one thing led to another and uh they end up showing up and i think that was the event that really hooked you on to being a part of ibw to where you were like the second guy there for a while you came in you helped with a lot of the booking uh you became gm right after that so that was uh, actually a moment where a lot of people in my community in our community took us really seriously uh, compared to how we were perceived before. So honestly, it was just like, it, it wasn't me on my own. I had so much help back then. Uh, I realize it now more than ever. I look, it's not like I look back on it with rose colored glasses, but I can only thank you. Uh, I can't thank you enough. Uh, Zach Fury, especially. So that's why it was also cool because seeing guys like you being big pillars in uh, IBW and then, Oh, Zach Fury's got a cousin that's independently wrestling now. It's just very cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. 
100% there. Um, but kind of with Zach Fury, there's an also another indie guy that was a part of our group, uh, Jackson Mateo, I think is what he's going by. Um, you actually wrestled him a few times in the independent scene. How did that all come by? Because he's from Kentucky and you're this Indiana boy. Uh, how did that connection come? Uh, man, it, it was one of those things where uh, they had seen that big show we had done with South Carolina. Cool. You know, uh, a lot of people had seen that on YouTube. And we had, like, people reaching out. And uh, one, uh, a guy, an independent wrestler, uh, reached out to us about, you know, possibly wanting to seek further training. And we worked with him a little bit. And Jackson was one of the guys there. And then he had came to a show to watch us that one time. And Jackson had came with him. And from that point, Jackson just started consistently coming. So it was one of those things. It was just snowball effect, man. You know, we put out a, something people were interested in, and they want to be a part of it. it that's really what happened. Huh. Yeah, I never knew that the backstory of that, how Jackson got there. Because I knew, I knew Willie Finesse. I'm guessing that's who that, that indie guy was that you're mentioning. Um, Willie Finesse came in and actually showed up. He's pretty big time on TikTok and stuff, so... I'm wanting to have him on a guest maybe sometime, but that's a whole nother story, but that's very cool. I didn't know that, that little backstory yeah. there. So. Uh, and uh, he brought somebody else with him too. Uh, Matt Diesel. He, he's wrestling now as Matt Diesel. He was Jay Sean Cliff in IBW, but uh, it was really too cool because uh, whenever we, uh, before me and Johnny won the D six tag titles, we were in this big multi-man cage match. And Matt Diesel was one of the guys in the tag match for the other team. And I hadn't seen him, Ever since that first time he showed up and broke the trampoline to my backyard, I haven't seen him since then. I walk in, he walks in, he notices it's me, and he's like, you got big. And, he, and then we hugged, we embraced each other. It was the first time. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, small world, man. Like, I can't tell you how many right. times I've noticed stuff. Like, even the South Carolina group we had a feud with, Isaiah and all those guys, most of them now are still doing independent stuff, and they're doing really great. I, I just right. love to see that the, all the group we are involved in, uh, it's not dead. You know what I mean? So there is some people keeping it alive. There's guys like you keeping it alive on a podcasting platform with, I see what you're doing with the figurine channel, different stuff. I know I'm a, I'm in the audience too, is with Bo. We're sitting there in the crowd <laughs> posing. Yeah. So <laughs> it's really cool to see uh, that it's not, it wasn't all just for fun. You know what I mean? Something came out of it and it's something that's going to stand the test of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% agree on that. I definitely love that answer there. And, all these, all these backyarders becoming the indie guys now is just crazy to see. A lot of them are successful, like yourself. You're champ, multiple time champion. So, I mean, the backyard wrestling scene really helps kind of get people elevated into the indie scene. So, I think it's a big part of wrestling. It's a lot of guys. Right, absolutely. I know a lot of people just absolutely hate it and just think it's crap and doesn't need to be part of the wrestling world, but I think it's a definitely a place to see, like you just said. But, I um, agree. And the funniest thing is I was one of those people. I deleted all the content off the channel because I was worried because backyard wrestling was such a taboo subject. You know what I mean? You don't want to be a guy from the backyard. And, I, and then I realized, I was like, after the backyard, I went to training. I got formal training. There's no point in that. That's the memories. So that's one of my biggest regrets was – removing our content sorry about that by the way <laughs> yeah i always want to go back and watch it sometimes but we still have a few few of the content over yeah, on our do. facebook page we do so there's yeah. still at least one one match of you in the backyard scene 
So, yeah, and, and I do still have, a, I'll have to send you the links, but I actually do have the invasion shows where we worked with South Carolina on an un- unlisted link, so I'll have to show you guys that. Awesome, awesome. I know I know you mentioned it in the, the Mad Bash uh, people, and they were actually surprised that you'd done that, um, and they didn't even know you were did that stuff, so I was, I was like, wow. Friends. Oh yeah, the Mad Bash guys. That's uh, that's somebody I have to take time to put over. Those guys are absolutely phenomenal. I'd love I'd love for you guys to meet with them and link up in the future. Uh, what they're doing with their podcast and their production brand and their film studio right now, uh, it's really cool, especially to see them actually do documentaries for these uh, wrestlers and these independent companies. It's nice to have light being shed on our community. It's like the Iron Claw movie. This it was really cool this year for you know wrestling to get its flowers if I was to say a term you know yeah so I let I let you ask a question <laughs> no I mean I'm I'm enjoying this we're like really he's just man. drinking his coffee he's he's enjoying life yeah it's late where I am I'm I'm in Africa so it's you're like, in Africa yeah it's eight thirty where I am so okay my lands. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You gonna sing? Yeah. You gonna sing Toto for me? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> all rain, all rain. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just enjoying this, and yeah, we would uh, definitely like to link up with Mad Bash and all that. Um, mm-hmm. do some film stuff. Just do whatever we can to to widen the scope of what's happening in uh, Indiana, because. Yes. I mean, being someone that's abroad, uh, doing this is like it really like uh, gets to my heart because it's like it's it's like I still have my roots planted at home while I'm always Absolutely. elsewhere. So, yeah, uh, thousands and thousands of miles away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe well, it's, like said, it's nice to feel like a part of you still is there. You know what I mean? And to have something to work on that is back home. Yeah, you have to remember your roots wherever you go mm-hmm. in life. Absolutely. As you're doing with uh, the law. Yeah, no, that's that's a perfect example. That's That was my intentions was, to, you know, it's like that song, you know, uh, you don't forget where you come from, you know, uh, the boondocks, you know. Yeah, the boondocks. Yeah. So maybe we could try to get into our, we, we want to do some, in the ring or on the road stories. Um, is there okay. anything wild or anything you want to share, like in an emotional event in your life, uh, in the ring or on the road? Hmm. Anything, man. Uh, I one one trip. Uh, this would if we're talking about emotionals, uh, like trip. Uh, after me and Johnny made our first trip up the D six, it was like one of our first long car rides together. Like it was six hours. And then uh, we we go up there, you know, we first we got there alive and we're like, oh, thank God, you know, we, first road trip the six hours we made it. And then uh, we had a great match and had a great showing. And we were really worried because, man, this, this company's six hours away. This isn't our friends and family that know us. We don't have people in the crowd that can cheer us because, well, that's little Bobby out there. We got to cheer for little Bobby. We didn't have that. This was uh, this. We were literally strangers in a, a foreign land. So to go there and uh, get the response that we did and make him Illinois, it really meant a lot. So the way back, I mean, it was just kind of one of those car rides where me and Johnny and our heads were like, man, we, we did it. We can do this. 
like this is perfect like me and you in this car right here this is the place to be right now right here if we keep doing this then we're, you know we're going to be on the road to somewhere and uh, i just remember that car that first car ride specifically because it was one of those breakthrough moments for us you know where we really put on our confidence like a suit of armor because before you know we didn't really know we were very new it takes time for tag team partners to mesh and gel with each other and i felt like that that was the thing that you know made us click that hey this is meant to be and then if i had to get into funny stories oh my gosh i could i could keep going some of the stuff that's done in locker rooms man some of the stuff that's done on the road oh just last week, uh, there's a wrestler named Cecil Cerveza, and he's scared of clowns. And uh, I hid down in the mad, uh, they had a New Year's party, and I hid down in the basement. I had a Pennywise cosplay outfit on, and they're giving Cecil the house tour. And uh, I've just been sitting down there. Everybody else is trying to drink, have a good time. They give him the house tour. They're walking down the stairs, and I just jump out, scare him. There's stuff like that we do. There's all kinds of stuff, man. <laughs> And then, then there's stuff that happens in the ring. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like there's people that's crapped their pants in the ring before. And next thing you know, guy puts you in a headlock. Hey, we got to take this home. I had to get backstage and wipe my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so there's instances like that. It's like, man, you don't even know how to prepare for some of this. Right. Yeah. Is there a skunk in here? Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, with uh, wow. you wow. and Johnny Polk, uh, have you read Lonesome Dove? By Larry McMurtry. Mm -hmm. It's like a... No. Have you... Any Louis L'Amour? No. These are real, like, cowboy novel ballads about just... I'm, a, I'm actually looking for some good cowboy books because I've been stuck on reading Star Wars here lately. <laughs> Dude, Louis L'Amour? I mean, I'm sure your, your grandpa read him. But, yeah, it's just guys on the road uh, fighting Comanches and talking philosophy it sounds like what you what you're saying when you were on the road and uh, you went six hours it's like a real cowboy ballad there that you have yeah 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 you have to you have to send me those that way i remember because i definitely I, I love to read that's one thing about me i absolutely love to read so there's a lot of inspiration in the wrestling world because not everything is a like a one of one type still you get inspired by someone else like a Royal Rumble, they're going to get different aspirations of that. But um, what are some of your inspirations? What kind of inspired you to become who you are and um, become the sheriff, as we, you'd like to say? Okay. Well, if I, if I had to rank, like, some of my favorite wrestlers, you know, like the guys that really, you know, like as a kid, you know, my Mount Rushmore, I've always been a Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels guy. Uh, I love Bret and Shawn. I'd say their feud really inspired me to uh, want to have the style and the athleticism that they did and the storytelling. And then guys like Randy Orton, guys like Edge, uh, they were they they really meant a lot to me in terms of character and showing that it's not about what you do in the ring, but the things you do in between that make it really matter. And I just loved them as kids, the just because they seem so iconic, they transcend the business. You know, you feel like they're an actual rock star coming into a show. So that as a kid, like really was really cool to me. And I really liked the characters. Uh, but then when I got into wrestling business, I realized why Bret Hart was such a good guy to watch. Bret Hart was 
was an amazing worker. He was an absolute technician in the ring. He could take care of anybody in the ring. He could create any story. And then I started, uh, you know, just studying more and more. And I learned about the Von Erichs. And I'm a huge Von Erich fan. Uh, I remember when A24 first announced they were uh, producing a Von Erich movie, I was so excited. Uh, I rip off David and carry Von Erich so much. Uh, I do the discus punch in the ring. I've been doing that ever since I watched uh, Texas Tornado carry Von Erich, won the Intercontinental title off Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam. Uh, I'm just a big fan of them. And uh, it's funny because I remember doing a Ricky Morton seminar whenever he was doing an NWA tryout. It was the one where I got picked. And uh, afterwards, he pulled me up and he's like, you, Von Eric? He's like, because you work just like him. And uh, then, I, then, then I I didn't know how to take that because I'm like, well, they, they're all dead except one. So <laughs> is it really much of a compliment? But then I was like, yeah, but it really meant a lot because uh, when they're guys you study and you emulate, it's like you said, it's hard to be a one of one, but it's good to motley crew things, you know, take pieces from everybody and put together your own little batch. It's like making a bowl of chili. There you go. There you I go. <laughs> I haven't seen the Iron Claw. I don't know if uh, Zach has, but what yeah, what's your take it. on it? Like, did uh, they do well? It's very, it's very good. It's very good. Uh, it fits. It fits the time frame. There's there's some historical inaccuracies. The best thing I could kind of probably compare it to is like Bohemian Rhapsody. Really good movie. But if you if you are a fan of the group or the brothers so much that you know every historical accuracy. There's probably going to be some things that bother you. But if you're looking at this term, like, is this a good movie or is it not? I'd give it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, it was very good. Especially, it's not too often a wrestler can go to the movies and watch something for their own thing. Like, I think we've had the movie called The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, and we've had this. Mm. We haven't really had a lot of cinema when it comes to wrestling. Right. That's what we're trying to – that's what our big goal is. So yeah, we want to we want to make a <laughs> – real homegrown wrestling movie with with actual wrestlers yeah there's not even a lot of indie films of it so it's untouched frontier man yeah and so zach efron and they actually wrestled in that right yeah so Uh, did they do well like uh, yeah yeah i know obviously there's probably stunt doubles from what i hear but they had a few wrestlers, current AEW world champion MJF was there helping work with them. They had Chavo Guerrero Jr. there working with them. Uh, several different stand-ins. Uh, Ryan Nemeth from AEW, Dolph Ziggler's brother, he was there. And uh, it's kind of like there's also a show called Heels where a lot of these independent wrestlers get an opportunity to actually be on something in a series or movie format because of their profession. Because it's like... Uh, I remember uh, watching the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and you get to see Rick Dalton's stunt double. And I always thought that was the coolest thing. I was like, what if I were to ever become a stunt double? I mean, I pretty much already do with wrestling. So you get a lot of money. Literally get to come in. Yeah. Then they literally <laughs> get to come in and be stunt doubles for a wrestling scene. They're doing their job, and it's so cool. Yeah, you probably $1,000 a day as a stunt yeah. double on big films. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But you gotta move all the way out there, <laughs> like it's it's a whole mm-hmm. thing. It's like a another path. Yeah, you such, and then you have to live the life of a doppelganger, you know, looking and not being able to change your appearance of you know your whoever you're supposed to emulate. So you mentioned Hills. I I love that series. Uh, I'm really sad that they're canceling it. I'll say uh, you finished it, right? 
Yeah, I watched it all. That was that was hor- horrible ending. Why'd they end it like Great that? Great ending story-wise, but knowing that the show's never going to come back just sucks. I don't know if you've seen the movie, Christian. It's um, kind of weird I had to call you that, but it's understandable. Uh, but call me I don't know if you've seen the and... series Heels. <laughs> That's what you said, Christian. Um, I was looking for Christian Cage somewhere. Yeah, my... My new professional name is Christian Conrad, but it, it's kind of new for me. But because Conrad, uh, I have an ancestor named Conrad Lechte who fought in the American Revolutionary War. So I'm trying to embody <laughs> that like uh, idea of revolution in this like period mm-hmm. of unrest. But I like it. Yeah. Deeper means that's what we're here for. Roots, roots. We got the CC and the CC <laughs> here. <laughs> what were you saying, but, um, I don't, Zach? But um, have you seen the series Hills? No, I have not. You have to send me the link so that I'm, I don't sound like that. an that'll idiot. Be, on- <laughs> that'll, that'll be some big inspiration to look towards uh, film. Yeah, wise, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely looking forward. Yeah, very good to the movie and all. So, is there any aspirations or? Uh, of being a movie star. I know a lot of wrestlers do it. The biggest one, The Rock, right after him, John Cena. MJF kind of dabbled in there. You kind of seen his ass in the Hills movie. But um, is there an inspiration to actually be in a movie star someday? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's always been there, especially with uh, my theater background. That's something that started even before wrestling. You know, I was always in choir. I was always in theater. Uh, I mean, I even, you know, I did a couple plays. So I, I'd really like to, you know, dive in that one day. I don't know when. I know I want to do a lot more with wrestling. And I know I, it's not one of those things that I want to take my mind off wrestling. But if the time's there and if I'm in an area where I can, you know, pick up some uh, impromptu classes or just do anything, I think it'd be really cool. Uh, especially since wrestling, the reason I got into it was the stories. And that's what a movie is. It's a story. So just to be able to tell a story in a different way, a more physical way with emotion rather than just physicality, I think that'd be awesome. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. There's Definitely. a, a real that, uh, <laughs> Westerns are like really coming back. Like with Killers of the Flower Moon, you have. Uh, I still need to see that. The Homesman. Like there, there's definitely like uh, an industry you could go into as like a cowboy, you know, thing and like even build upon your own personal brand that you do in ring. That's like, what I was thinking. Yeah. Pretty much make myself a Timmy Oliphant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Deadwood, you know what I mean? With my character, that'd be so cool. Yeah. And he, he was in a justified too. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there's law, lawman Bass Reeves. Now there's a lot of things, you know, that'd be cool. Yeah. Leonard Elmore. There's another, uh, book recommendation of cowboy. He he wrote that series justified. Sounds good. I'll look into that. Yeah, I want some. I want some good Western material to read. With that reading, I know reading. I'm not a big reader, but reading obviously takes a lot of time. So how? What's your schedule look like, though? How do you fit in reading a book, doing all this as a wrestler? Because I know you guys got to travel all over the state and all over the country. How's your schedule look like? How do you work your schedule out? Man, well, a lot of times if you have it on the road, everybody kind of, 
usually if you're in a car load setting where like say I drive to Vincent's and we're all meeting out at Vincent's and heading to Illinois, uh, you can meet people are all usually always doing their own thing. Usually what I'll do is I'll eat my meal prep. I'll either get on my phone, I'll watch something or I can sit there and read. Uh, and if there's moments of the show, you got to think us getting into the show. It's not like we're just getting there right before our match. It's like sometimes a band you have to set some, not saying that sometimes we don't always set up. There's times where we do help set up. There's times where we do help tear down, but obviously there's a ring crew. But uh, man, these shows like it, it's it's uh, it's it's like a theater. Uh, everybody, there's acts. Everybody has a spot on the card. Everybody has uh, blocking they have to follow. So it's not just like a one one job kind of thing. So it's not like we're just sitting back there in the locker room waiting on cue. Yeah, there's time when we have that, but uh, usually a lot of the guys use that time to get mentally prepared, get themselves be able to switch between who I am as Trenton Clark to be who I am is Clayton Clark. So there's that mental preparation time. And then usually uh, in the car, that's when I do the things for Trenton. That's when I read, that's when I'll be on my phone. But at the show, I'm I'm in Clayton Clark mode. Uh, usually there I, I have some uh, ropes to stretch out with, cables, some dumbbells to pump myself up, warm up, get stretches in. Uh, if, the, if the crowd isn't coming in, I'm in the ring practicing, I'm in the ring getting stretched out, getting a feel for the ring. That's something I always try to do no matter what promotion I go to is I always step in the ring and fill it out before the show because every ring is different. Like I'm champion uh, where me and Johnny are tag team champions at a six sided ring. So it's not four posts. There's six of them. So every ring is different. Yeah. Definitely heard from a lot of TNA, old TNA guys that the six sided ring just absolutely sucks. So even though it's more, cool. More to stiff. Look at it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's very unique for those guys. Definitely get some eyes on their company with that. But wrestling wise, I heard it's not very, not very liked. So yeah, it's very, it's very cool yeah. there. It's just unique. It ain't no trampoline. <laughs> yeah, just it's unique. A, a selling point, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So what gets you in the mode, like when you're in the car or whatever, and you're about to switch from Trenton to? Clayton, is there like music or what? Yeah, usually it's all. I uh, usually Coulter Wall. I usually oh. get a little Coulter Wall, Coulter Wall, Jesta James, or uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Poor Man's Poison. I think that's usually what I do to really sink into that character. Yeah, oh, I love that. That's like my yeah, name. him and the, <laughs> there, there's a. Well, it's not a group, but it's a guy who. He goes by the dead tongues. And he's got uh-huh. he he has a similar music to Coulter Wall with banjos, guitar, but he's got a higher pitched voice. And all these like civil war, like murder ballad type music. It's it's great. Heck yeah. yeah. Dead tongues? The dead tongues, yeah. Sounds good. I'll remember that. Heck yeah. That's a reference that will be used. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you live in your mama's basement and still collect toys? Well, I got the thing for you. Today's video is sponsored by Figure Toy Company, the best place to get your figures and your figure accessories. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh my, go to Figure Toy Company to get your wrestling figure accessories like those and use code breakpoint underscore wrestling underscore fed to save you 10% on $20 or more. Yeah, I love some culture wall. 
music definitely music is definitely a big part of like that character shift you know because i think we all replay that little music video on our heads you know our character doing that rocky montage you know yeah. our own little songs playing i think we all have that with something so that's definitely something i do yeah especially on the car ride and caffeine helps caffeine yeah caffeine <laughs> monster energy drink or... <laughs> awesome. so, i used to drink those bangs did you ever bangs? drink bangs? yeah i'm more <laughs> yeah, I remember I, I drank them like when I was in high school. I'm more of a C4 and a ghost kind of guy. I've never tried ghost. I, But one time I drank two bangs without reading the amount. And I was like, I felt like I almost died. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> you were dying and revived, but then you're dying again. You know? I, I was walking on the water and with Jesus. I mean, I'm like... <laughs> Show me the ways. Yeah. <laughs> Bangs, oh, just, they just saw, like, they have these, uh, have you seen their Instagram? They just have these chicks with, like, in bikinis, and, and that's how they sell their energy drinks. Yep. Bang. Yeah, makes you want to bang, that's bang. for sure. <laughs> that's how you sell. That's what we need. Just need bikinis. Whatever. Boobs and ass. How do you make money? <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Me and uh, Christian here, we're not in the wrestling world. We kind of, we're somewhat fans, but we're not, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. What are the guys like? What are the, who are some of the biggest characters you've met being a wrestler behind the scenes type guys? Man, Johnny Polk's a big character. Uh, Dalton Davis, he's uh, one of the fellow Mad Bash guys I work with. Pretty much any of the Mad Bash guys, uh, if you look up at the Mad Bash uh, Facebook and uh, you'll see a lot of the guys that are attached to the brand. All those guys are great guys. They're funny. Uh, they're very helping. They're humble. Uh, they know their role, and they're uh, really willing and able to help somebody take them to the next level. They're, everybody at Mad Bash is somebody you can really keep your ear open to and talk to, and uh, that's 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 why me and Johnny wanted to be a part of it. Uh, but uh, we're talking like jokesters. Man, a guy that walks in the locker room and he always makes your face light up. It's Cecil Cerveza. And he's got this story. There's a reason he doesn't like the word moist. So if you, um, we have to wrestle. Me and Johnny have to defend our titles against this guy and his partner, uh, January 27th in Odin at the Odin Community Center. So we have to defend our elite titles against him. And he hates the word moist. And apparently it's some story involving a stripper. I won't get into the details, but. Needless to say, we'll have to ask the word moist was said, <laughs> and he threw up. Oh. So now it's this real thing that if you, moist is said, he, like he gags. Now the crowd does it. So the crowd's saying moist, moist, and it's kind of like the uh, the pelicans off a of Finding Nemo doing the moy, 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 but it's moist. <laughs> So, but that's, that's a reoccurring thing. And one of the funny things is we're at a wedding and I'm uh, the best man for the promoter or not the best man I'm in the best man's party. So uh, Bo uh, and uh, Brian were in there, Brian from Envision. Brian was the best man. Me and Bo were groomsmen and we're sitting up there, me and Bo in our suits. And all of a sudden we hear gagging and coughing and I, we see one of the other wrestlers behind the pew of Cecil laughing because he said moist in his ear. Well, Cecil coughed and laughed so hard, trying not to gag, that he broke his pew. So that, <laughs> so I was staying up there. Yeah, yeah, he broke the pew, just shaking. 
so uh, that that's that's my funny story <laughs> i don't think anyone likes the word moist i mean it sounds like you what it on is. impact <laughs> I, I don't but it, he does <laughs> is cervezas like is that's that beer in yeah that's beer yeah <laughs> so that's his cecil beer okay He's the Dominican Dynamo. He's the Dominican Diablo. He's the Dominican Highlight Reel. Uh, Dominican everything. I think he's got to be. Yeah. I, I hope so, because that's kind of weird. He's got, <laughs> like, being Dominican. He's and... not a Razor Ramon kind of fake Cuban. He's, like, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, he's, oh. yeah. The real deal. So we're right in 2024 here. Uh, when this comes out, it'd be probably around February. You're probably going to have that tag match by then. But um, what are some dream matches you're wanting to do? You want to become more of a singles guy. Who are some of those big names in the indie scene that you want to go toe-to-toe with? Oh, man. Hmm. Uh, there's a guy right now. Uh, I, he wrestled a fellow Mad Bash uh, wrestler named Dalton Davis I had just mentioned. Uh, his name is Logan Myers. Uh, I'd really like to work him. He's essentially the Jim Morrison of wrestling right now. Like this dude looks like Jim Morrison. He looks like the Doors. Uh, we he got to hit the town with us uh, a couple weeks ago after working a show, and I could just tell we were both on the same wavelength when it, or it comes to term of working a match. And uh, it was one of those other things that competitive edge. Like, can I beat this guy? You know, uh, is this guy cooler than me? Can I beat him? I got to show who the law is. That kind of thing. So I'd say Logan Myers is one right now. And then uh, the current elite uh, wrestling heavyweight champion is Kendall Fire. I've wrestled Kendall, but uh, I've only beat Kendall in a three-way match. I haven't beat Kendall one-on-one. So I'd like to wrestle Kendall one-on-one for that elite title, try to beat him. If I had to say two in our area right now, that'd be the big two. Okay, awesome, awesome. Are there guys outside of this area that you would be willing to travel and go face them just because, hey, that's this big-time guy, and that would help my career a lot, just being in the ring with him? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. There's uh, some NWA guys. I know uh, AJ Kazana. He's t- essentially the rip from Yellowstone of the wrestling world. He's literally rip from Yellowstone. Uh, him or his little brother, uh, Kurt Kazana. Uh, they're the country gentlemen in the N- NWA right now. I'm loving what they're doing. Uh Johnny Polk knows them pretty well from uh, coming from Pritchard's Academy, where Kane trained, uh, does the training along with Dr. Tom Pritchard. Uh, that's where Johnny trained. So, uh, yeah, getting to have that connection and uh, know them with uh, from just that role of separation is really cool. So uh, it'd be really cool to try to, you know, really grow that relationship and make it actually a match. Uh, then one called Manders. He's another they're cowboy. All these are cowboys. Yeah, all the cowboys. <laughs> so essentially, uh, some cowboy versus cowboy matches. Awesome, awesome. Want to be the last cowboy standing, I guess. Yeah, and that's something I haven't got to do. I haven't really got to go toe to toe with one of my own kind. Uh, me and Johnny did it once. We did it once, but that's what started our friendship, really. So it's uh, that's that's something I want to test myself with again. So I probably had to say AJ Kazana or uh, one called Manders. Gunfighters right, and one call. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, 
so there's a lot of a lot to go to that but um whew, i gotta think for a second do you have any um anything you want to input on that want to yeah know I your mean, western for me or are you talking to him i'm sorry for you sorry I mean, I'm pointing. I'm. I notice you guys can't see me. I'm you, you, first you, time doing this. I'm new. Uh, we're <laughs> doing great. This, no. this is our first <laughs> podcast. I think we're doing really. I think good. it's going pretty and, well. So, but uh, yeah, we're still in the air. We're still in the air. Yeah. Apparently, we're live somehow. I don't. I don't know how that works, but. <laughs> but um, yeah. So um, oh, I, I do, do have a now? question that. Uh, I'm interested in your take. Uh, So we're going into a real technological world, like artificial intelligence, all this stuff. And uh, five, ten years down the road, everything will have to evolve. Where do you see wrestling in this picture? That's a very good question. That's a very good question, especially seeing what wrestling has already been doing this past five years. We've already seen kind of a resurgence with wrestling because uh, wrestling back in the day used to be more of like what all these independents that I wrestle for are. It was all separated. And then Vince McMahon bought it and created what we know now as the WWE. So I think it'd be uh, very, it's very cool to see that there's these other entities popping up like AEW, uh, TNA's back, all these other things. So wrestling is really on the rise again. So I can honestly see this being more of, we're just probably going to see it growing. We're probably going to see a little more entities pop up. I heard uh, Freddie Prince Jr. is literally starting his own wrestling promotion. So uh, it's just like, okay, Fred from uh, Scooby-Doo starting it. What's going to be next? So yeah. if we're, uh, in, in the technological world, it's like, what what is going to be next? So I, I could see it uh, uh, go one or two ways. It could be a really good thing where we have all this wrestling and it's thriving or it can be this really bad thing where uh, not all the fans are okay with some of these other things popping up and they're just stuck in their ways with some companies and we don't have sellout crowds. Wrestling starts going down. Maybe fans are tired of the oversaturated, like there's too much wrestling. So they don't like it as much anymore. Uh, so I, I think it's really going to uh, be the option of uh, how much wrestling is there going to be in five years? Is it going to be more? Is it going to be less? Some people say that we're not selling out as many arenas or stadiums as wrestling used to be. Well, maybe not, but is there a reason for that? Is it because there's too much? Is it because there's not enough? Is it because what we're doing isn't good enough? You know, some people say, oh, the old days were the good days, or this era is the era. No, just listen to your fans. That's really all that matters. And I think if people keep listening to their fans and uh, I think the social media interaction right now is great because wrestling can uh, be in areas that haven't seen it before, like internationally, globally. Some countries are just now getting wrestling for the first time in forever. So I think it's only going to grow, and I think it's I think it's a really good thing. So I think wrestling is going to be a lot better off in five years than it is now, 100%. Right on. Awesome, awesome. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's a... Um... I think a lot of people would agree with you. I think I think some of the old heads would would just say wrestling's dying, AEW's killing wrestling, and all this type of stuff. But uh, yeah, I think it's gonna keep on growing. And you mentioned social media there. We'll kind of go off of that. Social media is definitely a big part of 
wrestling, I think. You definitely got to promote yourself, try to get up there. Obviously, we're going to be using social media to kind of grow our goals of being movie makers. So we got to have a following because uh, look where we're at now. We're, we're, we don't have 30K or 50K <laughs> to make a movie right now. So we got to have that. We only have sex bots. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got sex bots uh, <laughs> supporting us right now, but um, Kurt what, Angle. What are you like? What are your, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kurt Angle. What, what are you? Yeah, we got a like. Yeah, Kurt Angle. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, sex bot. I mean, <laughs> but uh, yeah. But um, what are your thoughts on social media? Are you are you think it's a big time? Are you think it's going to be more important to wrestling, or do you think it's uh? Are you like one of them old heads that think it's just a uh, dumb and you don't want to see that kind of stuff? I love it for wrestling, actually, uh, because now wrestlers can do more things with their character and they have more of a voice than they ever have. Because you got to think, back in 1974, you didn't have Instagram for your promo to go up on. You had that live mic in the ring and that was it. That was the only time you got to talk. Well, now, let's say they couldn't get me a promo in on this show. I could only wrestle. But yet I still have to get a point across. I can cut a promo. I can put it on Facebook now. And get my story over. I can do that on my own. That's the beauty right. about social media. And uh, I think more people need to take advantage of it. I try to post daily. I try to keep myself in everybody's analytics because I know that's important. Yeah, I don't have the 10K following. I don't have the 20K following or anything, anything like that right now. But everybody started from the exact same place. It's, it's like YouTube. It's like streaming. It's like podcasting. Everybody started from zero. So it's just a matter of keeping that consistency and realizing man, we're really in a good time right now where we can pull out our phone and be able to put our story over ourselves. We don't have to have it regulated. We don't need a live mic in the ring. We can do that just with thinking, hmm, I need to cut a promo on this guy, but what do I want to say? Okay, let me get my tripod set up. Let me find a nice Western backdrop somewhere in Martin County, and uh, let me cut my promo. It's nice to have that, so I think it's great. Right. I agree. I, agree. I mean, me being over <laughs> here, like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that if uh, people weren't cutting promos on Instagram or Facebook, like, I, it would fall out of mind. But I, I enjoy, mm -hmm. like, getting on Instagram or Facebook and seeing like a an indie guy or even some of the girls, like, like really good promos, and it just makes me feel like I'm back home, like. <laughs> yeah the the world is getting well, smaller that's what it is. it's bringing your audience into your home that's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to bring your yeah. audience in like into your camera you want them to feel what you feel you want them to feel your pain your energy your happiness your excitement whatever you're feeling or whatever you're trying to convey in that moment you want your audience to feel and like you said uh that's why i try to have the character i have i want this to feel natural I want this to feel homegrown. I want this to feel like a boy that has roots. That way there's people out there, maybe, like you said, you're far from home. I want to be the guy that maybe if you're homesick, if you don't know where you're at in life, that you, you can look at me. Maybe you can see some similarities. Maybe you can find some sort of inspiration or just comfort and get lost in what I do the way I was lost in what uh, Randy Orton versus John Cena as a kid. I want people to be able to get lost in watching me and entertain to where they can forget if they're going through a divorce. They can forget if they have a sick loved one. I want the world's problems to fade away whenever they're watching Clayton Clark in the ring. Justice remains. <laughs> <laughs> Justice remains. Yeah. 
Awesome, awesome. I love that answer. That's very, very good. Because um, I'm in a community, you mentioned I am in a wrestling figure community. And it's a very, for some reason, a very toxic place. A lot of people are trolls on the internet, just shitting on other people about what they're doing. But in the end, we're just playing with our toys. Is that, is there any similarities to the actual wrestling world? Is it a, do you think it's a toxic place or is everyone buddy, buddy? What's it Man, like? Uh, What's it like? It, it, it is a toxic place uh, in a lot of aspects, but that's life. You know, I can't say right. this is a thing that's an ex exclusivity to wrestling, but uh, I definitely think it's more of an exclusivity to the entertainment business in general, whether that be wrestling, movies, act, acting, theater, uh, anything, production behind the scenes. This is a very drama-filled area. It's a very emotion-filled area. And the fact that you have to go in there and you have to trust somebody with your life and your body, yeah. It, it causes some ruffled feathers. I've seen my fair share of arguments. I've seen my fair share of fist fights. And uh, one thing I can say is the best thing you can do is just leave it all at the door. Leave your emotions at the door. Don't take your emotional baggage from your shoot life into your workplace. And uh, just keep your head down. You know, if I don't like uh, what somebody's vision of wrestling is or their opinion of wrestling is, I don't have to talk to them about that. Doesn't mean I can't be rude to him. Doesn't mean I can't be friends with them. I like Marvel. I like video games. I can find something to talk with them about to where we can be civil enough for the end, evening because I don't have to go home with that person. I don't have to make dinner with them. I don't have to take them out to a movie. I just have to get through the show so I can wrestle my match to get paid and leave. People shouldn't be able to get fights within that three or four hours. <laughs> Ridiculous. Perfect answer right there, honestly. Yeah. So you mentioned friends there. Um, I know you got a big, the Mad Bash crew is a lot of your big time friends. But who are some of your other close, uh, close knit type guys in the wrestling community? I know from what I know from seeing you were big time with Bo Sawyer, but you mentioned you haven't spoken with him or done work nah. with him in a while. So well, sadly, uh, with Bo, it's just been more uh, time and uh, the place. Uh, Bo made a move down to Kentucky. He's been wrestling with WWA. Zach Fury's at WWA now as Zach Weber. Right. So uh, they've been kind of working together. And uh, I know Bo's gotten to wrestle Zach Fury a lot. So I know yeah. Bo's just kind of just been in a new area. It's not really been any reason or not. Still talk to him every day. He was still the guy. He was still my wrestling dad that brought me in the business. Uh, uh, so, yeah, definitely Bo. Uh, guys uh, like Shank Barzini. Uh, yeah. He helped uh, do a lot of my training. Uh, Joey O'Reilly, he's a former zero one cha heavyweight champion. He helped me uh, do a lot of my training back in the day. He's still somebody I go to for character work and advice. Uh, still books me to this day. Uh, any of the guys over at IWAU in Noble, Illinois, it's this little promotion in this little village, uh, about 30, 45 minutes outside of uh, Vincennes. Just a great hole in the wall place to go weekly and watch. And uh, I love that place because it's my weekly show. You know, I get to be there every week. It's like having my own little Monday night raw. And I love that. It's cause it's one thing going to these shows once a month. It's different when you're there weekly. So that's right. why it's nice to do training, but yet still wrestle there weekly. It kept me sharp. It keeps me chiseled. Awesome. But uh, awesome. yeah, uh, I'd say all those guys and Johnny poke, of course. Yeah. Right. That's why I'd be the closest. With that, uh, IWU, I've, I've been wanting to go there so bad, but I never. It's it's normally on a Tuesday, ain't it? 
when they do those yeah. shows. So it's just like a weird time for me, and then it's all the way in Illinois. So I haven't, I've been wanting to go, but I haven't. But um, with so you got most of your real actual training there. Who's the head guy there? Who's the head trainer? How'd that all work out? Who'd you reach out to get over there? At the time, Josh Totten and Joey O'Reilly were the head trainers, along with Shank Barzini. Uh, okay. At the time, at TSW, Bo Sawyer was the heavyweight champion there. Bo seen me there, realized there was potential, but I, I wasn't trained. I was green as goose shit. So Bo yanked me by my collar, put me under his wing, and took me there, introduced me to Joey Josh, and then I got to work with Joey and Josh on uh, some Saturdays. But other than that, every time I got off work from break time bar and grill in town, I'd finish up doing dishes there. And then uh, I'd drive to Illinois. I'd meet Shank and we'd work together on Sundays. And uh, it was funny because uh, we had this little girl that trained with us. Uh, she was probably, she, I think she was like five or six years older than me, but she was so short. And it was Shank's sister-in-law. And uh, he helped uh, like, uh, her train to be a wrestler but the cool thing is it taught me how to work with somebody really and protect them because I didn't want to go in there and physically hurt her but there was also uh, a layer of psych- psychology where she was much smaller than me I couldn't just take everything from her and sell it all you know she's smaller than me it doesn't make sense so working with somebody that, that small got me to uh, get a grip on working with somebody smaller and then working with guys like Josh and Bo they're really big so I was able to work with guys from all different sizes, all different areas of ex- experience where it was very beneficial. And that was a very good breeding ground for guys. I mean, Chris Cutler, he comes from there too. Uh, Zach Fury's cousins. So uh, it's double C2. I don't know what's all with all these double C acronym names, but uh, right. he's good. And uh, IWAU is definitely a good place. So it was a good breeding ground. Awesome. Awesome. Definitely. Love to hear that story. Just I, I never really knew you were, uh, how how the training went, so that's great to hear. Um, so that's awesome. But um, oh, I I had something I I was gonna go off of that, but now I completely blank. But let me think. Um, so with the <laughs> with the weekly stuff, um, they they do their recordings and stuff, or do they do anything live? Have you done any live work yet? Uh, they uh, they do fan cam uh, for that company in particular because it's more of a uh, my buddy and me we put the matches up together on YouTube on the, the IWU fan cam and uh, that way the wrestlers can at least see it because that's more IWU is more of a place to where we work on things there that way when we have our shows where the matches are being recorded live that everything is crisp and uh, yeah I wrestled uh, most uh, hybrid championship wrestling they are on a platform called IWTV independent wrestling tv it's like fight so uh, i wrestle and that's that's they have really good camera work there it's out of Terre Haute, indiana uh but uh a lot of you know my working camera angles and the nice thing about iwu is there's a wall behind us so we're working a central stage audience in front of us so it feels right at home because i transitioned from musical theater you keep your you know back not to the audience so getting right. to be able to do that in the same concept of the stage, but it was different whenever I went to other shows because you have crowd all around you. So it's not where the crowd is, it's where that camera is. So that was the hardest part, making that transition from IWU because they didn't have anybody there with cameras. So I had to learn how to work camera angles. And it's still a thing I'm learning because, you know, I'm three, four years in this business. It's not something that comes overnight, but that's something that uh, I've been able to be good at 
for the years of experience I am, mainly because of prior experience in theater, you know, just being aware of where the cameras are. That's really the the beneficial factor of that. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, the the wrestling, if you want to be a big time, you got to know that stuff because WWE, AEW, all these big time names are doing live shows so with cameras and stuff. So it's good to know that early on. So that's awesome. Um, it's probably yeah. the future too. I mean, look at 2020 or yeah, 2020 was just no crowd at all. So that's a definitely knowing that kind of stuff. Is that a something you would like to do or do you want to be a behind the scene guys as well as a wrestler, like the producer type dude? I think it depends on where I'm at. Because uh, there's so much I want to do in wrestling now that I don't want to put myself in a booking role because I'm not going to book myself to be a champion. Right. But yet, I, I want to be a champion. So I'm not going to give myself that responsibility yet. Uh, but if it comes to the day where I'm I'm happy with what I've done in wrestling, maybe I don't want to go any farther, I'll gladly step back and assume that role because uh, I love that part of it. It's like you said, I, I got to uh, experiment with it briefly, just the idea of it in the backyard. So to actually learn how to do it professionally and an aspect where you have to learn what, how much these guys cost a piece, uh, how, how much do you run a show? What's your budget? How much for a ring rental? How much for a venue? You have to think about all that. So it'd be very cool to learn uh, that aspect and the producing aspect of it to be a booker or be an agent of a match. Uh, every now and then, like one thing I do like to uh, do is if I hear some guys talking and I think what I'm hearing isn't good, I don't always like to chime in, but if it's somebody I know, I'm going to, you know, offer up the knowledge I know. And uh, just getting to do that, I get an excitement in myself, you know. I I think it's a lot of fun. So I know that there's a part of me that would love to do that. So when the time's right, yeah, I'd love to do any sort of booking or producer kind of role. Hell, I'd be a commentator. I'd be a cameraman. Right. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's definitely something I like to do. So, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Christmas special. Yeah, that's something we've uh, been dabbling into, just making these little 20 to 30-minute shorts. And uh, a lot of it's just improv, you know, just <laughs> we turn the camera on. And uh, But uh, what we've been discussing here lately with Mad Bash is hoping to take the the next step further with a script with an actual plot maybe not even working with characters of clayton clark maybe clayton clark plays cult caliber and uh you know my own justified kind of series you never know uh but that's where i talked about the acting thing it's definitely a rabbit hole i like to dive down and like you said the similarities why wouldn't you they're already so close yeah we we should link up on that and uh, uh really build a Build something because we're we're Absolutely. also very interested in that. Yes. So we're like an hour and twenty minutes in. I know you. Are we? It's been fun. Yeah. Good catching up, boys. Yeah. Right. Well, I know you said you you have a show coming up. If there's anything else you'd like us to talk about, we can or we can let you get on the road. <laughs> <laughs> well. uh yeah, I think I put over where I'm going to be towards the end of the month because tonight's just more of just uh, watching. But uh, the next uh, 
actual confirmed match I have, me and Johnny Poke are going to be teaming up with Eric Dillinger uh, to take on Shiloh Grease and the Original Sins at Destination 6 in Malcolm, Illinois. That's the one that's six hours away. So me and Johnny are hitting the road. We're going to make that big adventure again. And this time we're making it as tag team champions. So that's going to be a really fun one. So we're going to be there January 20th. And then the next week we're back in Odin, Indiana. We're defending our Elite Pro Wrestling tag team titles against Cecil Cerveza, Cecil Beer, and Tyler Scott. So uh, that's going to be a fun one. And I can't wait to get this year started. Uh, most of the wrestling companies kind of take off for the holidays. So end of January, beginning of February was when really things are starting up. And I think I already have like 30, 40 weekend bookings for this year, not counting my weekly Tuesdays. So it's going to be a busy year. So uh, you're not going to have a hard time seeing much of me. I can tell you guys that. Awesome. Awesome. So um, I guess we're wanting to wrap this up, I guess. We putting a bow on it. I, I was, I, I was leaving it up to him. <laughs> Well, it is. It is dependent on you, Clark. So, yeah, if you it's your schedule. Soon, then we so. can wrap it up, but I mean, I mean, we could talk all night. If you want to keep talking, <laughs> we can keep going. I was gonna say you're you're gonna have to be going to bed soon, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> it's literally night for you. Yeah. Right. You got a few hours. You can stay up, but uh, yeah, it's all depending on you. If you want to wrap this up, Clark, or you yeah, keep I think talking. we will. Yeah, I think right, we will. Well, um, we'll, is there anything we'll you'd like get on to? Here again. Anything you'd like to leave, uh, some inspiring words, some like, you know, to the next guy that maybe wants to wrestle or make a short film like you're making or uh, anything, backyard wrestling, anything. Okay. Uh, the biggest advice I could offer is the advice I was worst, like the most worst about. And that's don't get in your head and don't be afraid to fail. Because one thing I learned uh, it's like the old saying, you miss 99% of the shots you don't take. Or is it 100%? Something like that. Wayne Gretzky, right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know the analogy. <laughs> 99 bottles of beer on the wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my advice. 99 bottles of beer on the wall. Take one down, pass it around. <laughs> no, uh, pretty much uh, don't lose hope and uh, don't be afraid to fail because you're going to fail. Men are made from failures it's like dusty Rhodes said hard times breed better men hard times so it's best to go through those times and learn that these trials make us who we are and every scar tells a story no matter how big it is so just be consistent stay tough and keep punching really that was perfect i also want to do something maybe for the future podcast end it off uh, kind of three goals because our big goal is this movie so what are your three biggest goals in your life your wrestling life, maybe even your actual non-wrestling life. What are your three? <laughs> uh, well, right now, I right now I'm trying to become a heavyweight, so I'm working to weigh 225 pounds and uh, have least body amount of body fat as possible. The second one is this year I would really like to become the elite pro wrestling heavyweight champion. Every year, for ever since I joined that company, I've been working towards that title. I've been so close. I started tag teaming with Bo to turn on him just to become closer to that tag title. I mean, sorry, that heavyweight title and see it slip away from me so many times. I was in a ladder match after Yoder had to vacate that title and I was so close to winning it and it was taken from me again. And uh, I've been loving what I've been doing with Johnny. I've loved what I've been doing with Johnny. I love being a tag team champion. I don't want that to end, but there's also a part of me that has to wonder, can I still do this on my own? 
So becoming a heavyweight champion in uh, 2024 for another company is definitely on the goal. And then the third, I'd really like to produce a feature film with somebody, whether that be a, a longer short film, uh, whether it be Mad Bash, whether it be with you guys. <laughs> I'd really like to make that happen this year. So uh, I think we're uh, this relationship between all of us isn't going to end. I think we're probably going to be bugging each other a lot more now, especially I'm going to need to know some more Western novels. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Well, we'll say our goodbyes now. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. This pilot episode, I think, really yeah, helped. Good um, pilot. Good pilot. You were you're an amazing guest, man. Like you're a, <laughs> you you really gave us the confidence. We, I mean, I was a bit nervous going into this, and you, you've really uh, uh given me too. some I confidence. Out what Discord was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it worked out well, though. I think it worked out. Oh well, yeah. Though. Thanks, man. All right, well, we'll catch you boys down the dusty trail. All righty, then. All right, see you, man. <laughs> see you, see you, Peace see you, bye. Awesome. So I feel like that was a really great first episode. Uh, again, I want to thank Clayton, if he's listening, um, to his own interview uh, for for being a part of this. He, he really uh, gave us the confidence to even be doing this, he was a very great first uh, guest, um, and he had a lot of lot of cool stuff to share about uh, getting back to the roots and uh, just like uh, the emotional and philosophical uh, depth of being a wrestler and how important it will be in the future, um, and a lot of things, just bonding, tag team stuff. I really enjoyed it. It was a great episode. Absolutely, absolutely. I think it gave us gave us then the the courage and the motivation to keep doing this. And hopefully everyone else enjoyed this episode. Um as we mentioned in the intro, we got our we I know our, I did. <laughs> right, right. And hopefully everyone else did. But um in the start we mentioned our GoFundMe. Make sure to go fund me, obviously. If we gotta need we need money to do this movie. Um uh, we also we're, our sponsors, uh figure toy company, other sponsors we're trying to work with. So make sure to definitely use our codes. Hopefully we'll have ads for that. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all social media platforms pretty much. And stay tuned for our next guest as we'll probably be posting that uh, a few days after this uh comes out so stay tuned for that as well yeah i mean literally anything you guys can do uh, whether that's a share a like or a donation it would really help us uh, we we've kind of only briefly mentioned this and if you follow along in our social media or in these interviews and podcasts you know our biggest goal really is to put on a feature film um where we connect the whole indie wrestling community get indie wrestlers to be the lead actors you know put on a, a, a really good film um and we may be doing that with a, a studio like mad bash or you know the the opportunity is open and in the air and and we anything will help a, a donation it it costs a lot to make a movie um and at the end of the day, you know, anything you give, we're not actually going to be keeping. 
it's all going to be going towards the movie. So, uh, absolutely, absolutely. That's all I got to say about that. That would well, it'd be great. All I got to say about that. <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> the Forrest Gump speech. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for watching once again. Uh, just like my co-host Christian just mentioned, a like, a share, a follow does a lot for us. But also, money will help make this goal a reality. And like he said, it's not going in our pockets; going towards the movie's pockets, which kind of our pockets. But that's a whole nother thing. But uh, thanks everyone, and um, thanks for watching. ZBK signing out. Yeah. Go open up a can of whoop ass. Bang.